0: California state government has some 120 agencies, and a state law that took effect two years ago requires each of those agencies to have an information security officer. But even today, not every agency ISO has significant IT security experience. Through a California technology agency, the state has established a professional development office, and one of its goals is to assure that agencies' information security officers get the right skills to do their jobs. Hello, I'm Eric Chavro of GovInfo Security and Information Security Media Group, and to talk about those challenges of getting a properly skilled ISO in each state agency, I'm pleased to be joined by the Director and Deputy Director of the California Office of Information Security, Keith Tresh and Michelle Robinson. Welcome. Thanks, Eric. Before we discuss getting qualified ISOs to oversee each agency's IT security functions, please take a few moments to explain how IT security is governed in California state government.
1: We have uh, statutes that the government has put in place, and uh, we're uh, supposed to have oversight of the training program to make sure that the, the security professionals in the state there are actually our positions and then to ensure that the, we help get them trained to the level of competence that uh, would make them good ISOs within their agency.
2: Yeah, essentially, our office directs the state agencies through uh, policy standards, um, procedures, and guidance. And um, one of the directives is um, supported by statute now that each agency has an ISO to fulfill the security roles and responsibilities within those entities. We meet regularly with the ISO community. We have been working diligently to try and um, ensure that the ISO community has the resources and skill set needed to successfully fulfill those roles. And we've seen the need determine there is a gap to fill with respect to training and development for ISO professionals within the
1: state. This is a nationwide issue, and it's not just ISOs. So, you know, like the, the uh... Office of Professional Development that, uh, that was established is also there to help all IT professionals within the state of California get the correct skill sets and grow them so that we have a good succession planning uh, process as well within the state. So it's kind of a dual-fold mission.
0: The legislature in 2010 enacted the law that required each agency to have an information security officer. At the time, how many of the 120 or so agencies had an ISO?
1: We believe it was 60% of them had an
0: the ones that had ISOs at the time, were they doing other jobs too?
1: Yeah, that that's kind of the challenge. Uh, good good point. Um, a lot of them, even if they had an ISO, that ISO could have been somebody that had, you know, multiple hats, you know, two, three hats could be the CIO filling in as the ISO. But and also there was some of them that, that were uh, not even IT uh, classifications. So you kind of, brought to light the fact that a lot of the ISOs did not have the skill sets or the training they needed to be ISOs because they did have those dual or multiple roles.
0: And even today, where every agency now has or is supposed to have an ISO, even some of those aren't really trained to, for that position, correct?
1: That's absolutely correct. It's no secret about the the California's budget and uh, the you know constrained resources and positions. A lot of folks have had to make decisions in their agencies, and, and so some of those folks uh, have been placed into the ISO to meet this being you know, a statutory requirement, but uh, are indeed not necessarily um, ISOs full-time.
0: The law that went into effect basically said that each agency needs to have an ISO, but it left it up to, was, was it your office, to help develop the standards of what that ISO, the qualifications of the ISO?
2: Yeah, another uh, section of the statute specifically called out that um, Our agency is charged with establishing some specific qualification criteria for ISOs.
0: Okay, so why don't we spend a few moments to discuss first uh, how you went about to determine what those qualifications should be, and then uh, what are those qualifications?
1: We kind of liken this, you know, when you're a network person, you need to know stuff about routers and how things go. And so on the security side, we want to make sure folks understand, you know, a little bit about how do you look for things? How do you troubleshoot things? We're talking about attacks or breaches or, uh, you know, viruses and stuff like that. So being able to understand how to look for what you're looking for and uh, those kinds of things is how we kind of got to what kind of skills that we think they need to uh, have to be good ISOs.
2: So I just want to clarify what we have today is some proposed qualification criteria that we'll need to work with our um, uh, new Office of Professional Development and the state's uh, Human Resources uh, Department uh, to put in place. Um, So at this time, the the qualification criteria that we're looking at is proposed. Some of the inputs into that proposal were um, a um, Department of Homeland Security report, Um, from a study that uh, California actually participated in several years ago to um, establish what's called an essential body of knowledge for IT security professionals. Um, So uh, California, including our uh, HR department for the state, uh, were involved in that particular study. Um, as well as some other states across the nation. Uh, So that was a significant input into what what we're uh, proposing for uh, qualification criteria here in California.
0: Can you go into some of the high-level criteria?
2: At very high level, we were looking at a minimum number of years' experience and um, certifications at varied levels. We are also looking at um, individuals with uh, IT skills um, that could Uh, be placed in a a training and development assignment to achieve that minimum number of experience for the entry-level ISO position.
1: We don't want to establish these criteria and responsibilities and skill sets so high that nobody can get into it. So as Michelle alluded to, or was talking about, we want to have that spot where there's a minimum level of, of we can bring them in as a training development to grow them so that we can get those. But those would be at like the lower or the smaller agencies and at, at some of the lower end of the positions so that they can gain the experience there and then move up through a department or agency to get to either a large agency and then possibly to the state level where we are at.
0: What do you have to do to make, to find, uh, make these criteria part of the standards that you're going to enforce?
1: We've got to work with uh, the personnel folks and and we are working through our Office of Professional Development to do just that um, because a lot of these, uh, there are bargaining units with uh, state civil service folks that we deal with and we need to make sure that that these skill sets and and the training and certification we're talking about are acceptable and that uh, they're going to agree to them. So we're working through the Department of Personnel and with our Office of Professional Development to have that process work so that uh, once we do get them agreed to, that we can get them put into place right away. Michelle, you want to...
2: To add a little more about the process, we'd have to vet the proposal through the IT community, perhaps meet and confer with represented groups to see if they had any concerns or issues with the proposal, Um, certainly respond to questions about how it would actually be carried out um, in achieving... um, in achieving civil service staff meeting those criteria.
0: In California, these are civil service jobs. The information security officers for the agencies.
1: Correct. All all of the positions are uh, state civil service.
0: Okay. Are, are you are you considered civil service? Your positions.
1: The positions we're talking about are state civil service. No, I'm an appointee, or, but
0: but for the most part, they are.
2: Especially if you were looking at like an entry level into IT security in the state, it probably would not be at that. Um,
0: when you're talking about entry-level ISOs, you're talking about people responsible for smaller agencies' yes. IT and Right now, it's,
2: it's a pretty broad range um, and depends on the size and um, cool. and scope of complexity of the particular agency. Yes.
0: So
1: that,
2: that's a factor.
1: We've got boards that are 8 to 10 people that would have a, an IT person. So, yeah, as, as Michelle was saying, you know, the size and scope of, of the, you know, what their responsibilities as an ISO is really is what we're kind of alluding to when we talk about entry level.
2: But in most cases, we'd be looking at the, the, the ISO position needing to be at a level where they could carry out their responsibilities. Based on our proposed criteria, that would probably be at the first level, manager, um, supervisor, and above. If you had an employee who actually wasn't at that level but who could be developed into that position, that's what we're looking
0: at. I gather most of the potential ISOs are people who have some kind of supervisor managerial experience in addition to uh, whatever technology they're coming from, but it may not necessarily be security.
1: Ideally, yes, but that's not always the case. So that that's part of the other thing when we're talking about criteria and, and, and uh, kind of minimum skill sets. That's, that's kind of one of the things we want to try to wicker into that as well.
0: It sounds as if as you're looking for these ISOs, you're looking internally within the California state system. Is that uh, people employed already? Is that correct?
1: That, for the most part, but the, you know, as we have for every position that uh, we hire for, there are state lists. In fact, we uh, we were interviewing for one of our positions, and uh, we've had folks coming from the private sector that took the test, and so not necessarily from within, because you know if you've got folks that have worked in private sector or in other other uh, you know at federal level or whatever that have the same skill sets, and they take the test and get on the list, yeah. yeah. So it, it it's we want to grow the IT uh, force in the state by doing all these things, but. You know, by bringing folks in from the outside, if they've got, you know, already have these criteria and skill sets, it's something that we're also looking to do because it helps broaden uh, the, you know, the perspectives that we get as well.
0: You identify people who could be potential ISOs. What do you do as a state to provide the necessary training? How much is it through your office? How much is it through each of the specific agencies? And how much is it on the own responsibility of the individual candidate?
1: State, if we want to have a trained and uh, good uh, workforce, that we we bear some of that responsibility, and, we, and that's something we have to work through to ensure uh, that we put into this program once we put it together. But again, the resources are constrained and uh, the budgets, and so there's going to be uh, a certain level, probably an 80-20 split. I think is uh, maybe more of a six. I'm sorry, like a 65-35, uh, where you know the state would. Put together a program. A potential employee would be notified and/or discussed with them that uh, some of the training is going to be on them, and the recertifications down the road for some of these programs would be on them as well.
2: From a very high level and just generally speaking, it would be a shared responsibility um, Actually, across the board. So we. We continue to develop um, training uh, that we deliver from this office for ISOs, and we'll continue to do that, and then to the extent departments and the individuals seeking appointment in these positions are working together to... Um, map out an actual training and development plan if that's necessary to get the individual to the level um, of qualification that we're going to specify.
1: The part that Michelle just said about the shared responsibility, I think, is much more pertinent than trying to do a
0: a split, saying like
1: an 80-20 or or 65-35.
0: Is there money for IT security in California? I hear all these stories about how tight things are out there
1: right now there is very little and, and there's no specific security money it's all wrapped up into the IT budget that each department or agency or whatever has and it goes with priorities you know and, and each agency and department and, uh, their directors have to decide you know what they're going to do and that's why it's it's very important for the ISO and the CIOs to have a good relationship with the senior leadership of of the agencies and departments to be able to communicate to them the importance of and, and, you know, discuss the risks involved and how they mitigate it. And so the, the thing ends up being, and this is what I tell all the security folks their jobs is, our job as security professionals is to go to the folks that are making these decisions and say, okay, here are the risks, this is what level they are, here's what we feel is the biggest risk. We can mitigate to this point and then say, here's the risk boss, we recommend X, Y, Z, and then let the the boss decide if they're willing to accept that risk. If those folks are willing to accept that risk, our job is to then support that and make sure that it doesn't uh, the risk doesn't get you know any larger or, or, or bigger. So, uh, going back to your original thing about money, it, it's all a matter of priorities, and it, it's something that uh, in the state of California, folks are going are having to more and more scrutinize and uh, look at you know, okay, what are we not going to spend on IT or some other programs in order to do security.
2: It really is about appropriate risk management within that agency, and each agency's risks are varied. Depending on what their requirements are for confidentiality of data, availability of systems, and the integrity of that data held by those systems, those key security requirements will vary across agencies depending on what their mission and role is within state government. It's really about managing the risk around those critical things that they do. And the,
1: and the type, types of data that they, they process as well.
0: As you look to provide training for these uh, new ISOs, how much of the training involves the risk assessment as well as the ability to communicate and, with the business and understanding the business hit the
1: nail on the head there. The assessment piece is is the most essential. You know, you you can't really have a good security program if you haven't assessed what you've got. Traditionally, and and I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but IT folks and specifically security folks have Sometimes in the past, had the reputation for skies falling and/or you know, you know, doom and gloom. Having the ability to discuss without emotion with your CIOs and/or the leadership in the department or agency that, hey, these are risks that are legitimate risks. That is kind of a skill set that, that you have to really nurture and work through to have that, so that your senior leadership and CIO trust that when you're there, you know, you're telling them about this that uh, it's something that you've done your homework on.
0: Do you think there are sufficient people out there to be able to recruit to fill these jobs?
2: I would say yes. I think... um Especially in the state of California, we have a very strong IT workforce, and we're Silicon Valley as well. We have a a significant and sufficient pool of IT professionals in our state that we could draw from and build a a strong cybersecurity
1: workforce. There's no secret that there's a nationwide shortage of of, uh, IT and and security folks, but whenever we have vacant positions, there's no shortage of of applicants and very well-qualified applicants.
0: You don't really feel a competition? from the private sector which may be able to pay higher salaries?
1: Well,
2: that's always a challenge. Yeah. Uh, but to the extent where maybe um, developing an individual in an area that they have a passion and desire to learn about um, with a very, very um, important role and responsibility for the state of California, I, I think we, we could get the right people.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think uh, a big factor in that, and, and I'm not... You know, I'm not trying to say talk for anybody else, but you know, there's there's a a, a bit of stability that comes with public sector. You know, although you know, uh, there's always that chance, just like everywhere else. But I, I think because of how volatile the uh, private sector has been over the past few years in IT, because some companies you know restructure and stuff like that, so a stability factor in working in the public sector is, is at least a, a small. Piece of why folks, you know, would tend to stay with government versus going to private sector.
0: Over the past several years, people who were IT security practitioners in state government, despite cutbacks, uh, have been fairly secure in their jobs.
2: I would say yes, uh, yes.
0: I agree. Anything else you'd like to add?
1: We've got to have the right mix of skill sets and, and understanding of security so that uh, we can communicate to the business side and, and the leadership correctly, so that uh, security gets. It's a place where it needs to be without folks thinking that it's all about security because it's all about making
0: sure the business happens. Why, thank you, Keith and Michelle. We appreciate the time. I've been speaking with the Director and Deputy Director of the California State Information Security Office, Keith Tresh and Michelle Robinson for GovInfo Security and Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.